everyone. Welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Rob, how are you? I'm doing okay, Todd. How about you? Uh, I am recovered. <laughs> but I am not unburied. Um, right. Yeah. I, I have literally, I, I was telling the team, I was talking to some of the team members this morning. I said, I, I've left my desk for a total of 30 minutes, both Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> to get lunch and i was going to take from 11 to to right now off today to go to another event and i i never left the office so and and there's a dire crisis here in the studio i have this much bottled water left so uh i you know i i have a i have a coke on backup just in case <laughs> wow that does sound like an emergency it situation. is emergency because, you know, tap water is okay because it's the same quality as in bottled water, but bottled water sure tastes a lot better. Better, that's right. Yeah. Call in the National Guard for that. Or filtered water. I, you know, right. I, if I was smart, I'd get a filter put in here, and then I wouldn't have to, you know. But I do buy it in big chugs, so usually. Right. <laughs> anyway, welcome back from Podcast Movement. Those of you that are, yeah. those of you that got to see our presentation, well, it really wasn't presentation, it was a discussion. Yeah. Live on stage again. So, yeah. Yeah. It was good to get up there and do that again. So that was good. It's so good. It, it, it definitely got some traction in social media when, when you posted it, no question about it. Yeah. So we got covered in two or three newsletters and mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was good. So if you're new to the family, make sure you get over to newmeshow.com and follow or subscribe, smash that button. If you're on YouTube, smash, smash subscribe too. Subscribe on YouTube. If you're following us on Facebook, make sure you follow the new media page on new Facebook. Todd, I can tell you've been watching some, some YouTube videos because everybody says that on YouTube. Well, smash that button. Well, ding we, that bell. if you're a podcaster, now you have to <laughs> smash that follow button now, right? That's, smash. that's what it's all about. Hit we, that screen. Don't just don't break your screen when you do it. Don't right? you know, you have to have your podcast on YouTube. You have I, to, or you well, will not be successful. It, that's what uh, Mr. Tom Webster said. So it 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 must be true. Oh, I'm not ready. Oh, I know you 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 caught me without being ready here. And maybe I can be ready here. Hang on, hang on. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Don't eat me, Tom Webster. There we go. Don't eat me, Tom Webster. So <laughs> you know, and of course, I told the team. I said, stand by. Everybody's gonna be asking. How do I publish to YouTube? Yeah. Well, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say that he's entirely wrong. I, I mean, YouTube is the second biggest, uh, search engine, right. For content. But the key is you have to have right. metadata in your YouTube posts to make it searchable. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, you have to have a YouTube strategy with what you're doing. You yeah. can't just, you know, magically think that that's your savior. But you can go to YouTube today and or after the show's over, you can say podcast movement recap. That's the name of our episode today on YouTube. So you'll be able to find the recap for podcast movement on YouTube. Of course, there's no other metadata because I don't put a description in so that mm -hmm. I don't follow the YouTube SEO guidelines. So I guess I have to start doing that. But we actually have video on YouTube. Unlike other podcasters that just have a blank image. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I can I can speak about the conference side to some degree. Oh. Um, I I didn't make it to any of the after hours events typically. Uh, um, yeah, you were hobnobbing with Mark Cuban, who made an ass of himself. <clears throat> well, okay, yeah. I mean, there's probably a case to be made that he's he wasn't seeing the the medium from an appropriate perspective. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he, he had a great, he had a great infomercial though. Right. I mean, we've seen this happen before, you know, new people into the medium that don't really understand the culture of podcasting and they get up in front of, I think that happened, uh, Herman <laughs> Lopez with the podcast Academy too. Right. Um, to get that off the ground, that one went over with a lead balloon and that's kind of what happened here too, to some degree, I think. They yeah. could have hired, see, you were having dinner with him. If you'd have met him the night before, you could have had a, you could have given him the Todd and Rob consulting. I did meet him the night before. So. Oh, yeah. and, and, and you didn't, of course, you know, what can you do when you're amongst 50 people of the well, celebrities yeah, and highbrows of uh, podcasting? Yeah, I did talk to him one-on-one for a while, but <laughs> but but he was trying to go through a buffet to get food, so it wasn't exactly the most <laughs> ideal um, opportunity, but I did talk to him one-on-one, and I, I, I just asked him, you know, what, what inspired him to want to get involved in creating this new platform? Because podcasting hasn't advanced since 2005. <laughs> well, that's kind of what his answer was. And I said, okay, uh, uh -huh. it's not like I had this in-depth conversation with about the topic. I think he, he went into this whole thing with a preconceived notion of, of, of what he thought the industry needed and what the opportunity he saw with this new fireside platform. Uh, and you know, you know, I mean, you have to accept the fact that this guy is going to have a certain amount of ego, right? Yeah. Uh, about his, his vision. He's on television with shark tank and he tells entrepreneurs all the time. Their ideas to, suck or good. Right. I mean, so his, his purview is that he, he knows everything that needs to be known about something. Um, and that's, that's kind of what, what happened here. And, and we shall see with the platform, Todd, just like everything else. Sure. Lipson did a deal with him to, to provide a podcasting element to that. And, but we really have nothing to do with the product that they're creating and really have very little influence on that. So it's, it's really just a matter of enabling that content to make it out of that platform, which is unlike what we've seen happen typically with even like clubhouse or Twitter spaces or any of the, really the other social audio platforms have really not enabled the pathway to get the content into the podcasting medium itself. So, uh, you know, whether or not that content that has been created in those platforms is worthy of being in the podcast count is a whole nother conversation. So, um, you know, but you know, there's content on clubhouse that's making it into the podcasting world. I don't know how popular that stuff is on, on demand, but clearly you and I know that, uh, on demand is where the audience is. It's not live. Right. So, so that's the other part of this too, that, um, that we shall see how it works out. You know, it's kind of interesting from a show perspective, for those of you who weren't there, um, Wednesday, um, well, first of all, I got there early. I got there Sunday night. I did, um, 
I went on Jack Daniels tour Monday. I mm-hmm. uh, had some meetings Monday night, some pre Monday late afternoon and early evening, and then Tuesday was set up day. And but mm-hmm. Wednesday, I was uh, you know booth traffic was fantastic. I went off to do my my presentation that I had, and there was 125, 150 people in the in the room, and I was pl- very pleased by that because I think. You know, I, I, I'm going to say that's pretty close to my biggest session audience at podcast movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've had lots, I had lots of people come up all throughout the rest of the show and say, thanks for the session. And, you know, you know, basically thanking me and, and I felt pretty good that, that, you know, they'd got something out of it. But mm-hmm. then Wednesday finished on a kind of a high. And then what the hell happened on Thursday and Friday? It's just like, Everybody left. And like everyone left. <laughs> they, 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 they came through on Wednesday and then Thursday it was crickets. I mean, well. Well, everybody left at, by, by Thursday morning. Everybody was gone. It was, I, I, I'm like, what happened? I think uh, a lot of people flew in, only spent a couple days there and got out. It was, where did everybody go? And I, oh. I, I'm just. <laughs> people don't fly all the way to Nashville and spend one day at an event. So well, I think, I think most people were there Tuesday and Wednesday and, and maybe they left Wednesday night. Why? I don't know. I couldn't tell you for sure, but I had I some think- people tell me they thought the conference was on Tuesday. They thought the conference was going Tuesday. So, you know, but anyway, it, it was in Friday. You know, I told the team, you can't tear down. We can't tear down to three o'clock because it's in our contract. We have to, but there was people bailing. People oh, were, no. people were packing up. We're gone by 10, 30, 11 o'clock that morning. Um, yeah. and I, you know, I talked, Dan was kind of in between a rock and a hard place. I feel bad for the podcast movement team because he said the seven days prior to the event, they had 600 people convert from in-person to virtual. Right. And because of the scare about Delta and I, you know, he told me 1900 people checked in in person. Um, I'm going to say 1500 tops. Right. If if there was 1900, well, I went back and did some comparisons on booth traffic. And we, mm-hmm. we keep a track of how many people we contact, how many people we talk to, how much swag, we, all that stuff we track. And typically at a podcast movement, we usually will talk to at least 500 people at the show. Mm-hmm. And our number was 196. Yeah, I think that the ex- exhibition area was pretty slow, generally. Um, yeah, I mean, you never really saw large groups of people. Never flood the exhibition area. Nope. Just it, it, it never happened. And it typically always happens. So, so because of that, I'm making changes to future events. We're not taking as many people to NAB. I'm scaling back on the number mm-hmm. of bodies we're taking to different events. Yeah. Because I had four people there. You guys had 20. Yeah. And you probably needed eight, seven, between two, maybe six. Well, it was kind of a dual purpose for us. It, 
I mean, for a lot of the reasons there were so many people there was because a lot, you know, a fair amount of the team members were new. Some of them uh, were from acquired companies. So it was really an opportunity yeah. to get everybody together um, to to meet each other too. So it had a different purpose than just. Well, you, you know, had some team members MIA too. Where was Elsie? Didn't see her. Yeah. Well, so. she was there. There were quite. There were actually quite a few team members that usually go to podcast that didn't, that didn't go. go. Right. That so, did not go. So you know, I shipped. I shipped prepped to have. 500 come by the booth or actually 400 we planned for 400 so i shipped half my stuff back half my t-shirts half my swag same with us you know us. so the goal yeah. is never to ship anything home so but it, it, you know we're, we're kind of bashing on this and i'm not really bashing i'm just well, no, but it's just the the realities of the uncertainty of the yeah. of the delta virus situation come right on, people but, are scared but it's yeah. why You've had the vaccine. Why are you worried about coming to an event that's got... Because people are hearing that people got the vaccine oh, and are catching the virus. Okay. Right? Well, I, everyone that came, everyone that we saw in person, everyone that showed up, thank you for coming. We appreciate it. We love seeing you in person. Yeah. No, it was great. It was for, great. For what it was, it was just really a sign to me that we have... A long way to go. A long way to go. And I'm <laughs> to just get back to and I'm normal just again. surprised people are so scared to travel. I, I, it's really, it's kind of beyond me to a certain extent. I, it, Though it, I would say that the people that were there were not exactly given the impression that they were like, you know, no, stay away. No. Kind of thing. Was, so I think the people that were there yeah. obviously are the ones that were not really all that worried about wearing masks I, all the time. I said either. there was about. It was kind of funny because I saw a few people show up the first time they had a mask on. And right. then a little later in the day, they didn't have a mask no more. I'm like, hmm, is it peer pressure or what's, you know, what's happening? Because we were, you know, we had a member in our booth that had a red badge and a face mask. And right. she has good reason for, for doing that. And we let each of our 10 members decide what level they wanted to be in the booth. And, uh, a couple of us were green. One was yellow. One was red. And right. the, you know, and we respected boundaries when people came up to the booth and they had a, a yellow bed. We did the accidentally a couple of times. I reached out to shake somebody's hand. They said, Oh, I'm yellow. I said, Oh, I'm sorry. And put the elbow out. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see that many reds per se. Mm -hmm. I didn't either. Well, and we, we should probably explain to the audience yeah. what we're talking about, because um, when you registered for podcast movement, you had the the choice to select a, a color of a badge. I, it was like a button, actually. Button, yeah. And, and they had them color-coded um, green, yellow, and red. Right. If you wore a red one of these things, you're, you, know, you were kind of like, mm, Social stay distance. away. Yeah. Right. If you're wearing yellow, kind of like, you know, yeah, what, I mean... Get and a little bit in green. the comfort zone, but, you know, let's not right. shake hands or touch. Let's, you know, uh, elbow bump. Right. If you're wearing this green badge, then it's like, you know, all bets are off. Right. <laughs> and and I had people come up hugging me and, you know, I, right. and right. even, you know, I'll be honest, I'm green, but I was like, I was not going to go hug anyone unless they, right. they right. you know, so I had a few people that kind of hug well, me and I, and I thought reasons to not do that too, <laughs> sometimes, right? Right. So, of course. Right, but right, there right. was some, okay, let's just put that. I had some men come up and hug me like, how you doing, bro? Right. Give me the bro tap, you know? 
And uh, so that's cool, you know, but even then I'm kind of like, okay, you're not in my personal space. I'm green. I'm good. I signed up for this. So. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I think it was good for who was there. And I think, you know, if we had over a thousand people there, that that was a good, good group. I, I just feel bad. I wanted to go to a bunch of the after hours yeah. stuff, but I got well, locked in at uh, these <laughs> these dinners that went four hours long. Well, let me talk to then. Let me talk about the after hours event. Please do, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> the first night they had a. Um, it was in the one of the main. The, well, we can talk about the facility, but it was in one of only two bars in this facility that was open. Mm-hmm. There was 900 people from another conference, and they had 900, and then there was us, and we went into a bar that really, (laughs) you know, uh, 200 people in there, and you are, you know, you're spitting on each other. It's that close, and you can't get really, you know, bunched up, and waitresses run ragged, and the facility, (laughs) um, let's just sit sit this way. They had over 500 job openings. Because really? I went on their website and looked. I didn't know that. They had over wow, 500 was... job openings starting at $23 an hour. And they couldn't wow. get, they can't get people. So the restaurant situation was tight. Very, very tight. Matter of fact, I had them on blast <laughs> from day one. Like, you know, you're, you, why didn't you tell the conference providers that you weren't going to be able to feed us all so that we could make plans to go off site? And I think they did the best they can under the circumstances. They can't get help just like the rest of the service industry can't. So they're struggling and you could see the frustration, you know, those poor employees were run ragged. So, you know, it's just like, you know, tip well to make, you know, these people feel that they come to work tomorrow. But the first night event was good, but you know, not a lot of people, you know, how we kind of swirl around Mm -hmm. people grouped up and, Basically, we had a table and bribed our waitress to make sure we went to the front of the line for liquor and, you know, everything that we normally do. And people came and gone a little bit. And then the second night was the party that was actually um, hosted by the Podcast Academy. Podcast Academy, yeah. And I would say... I didn't wind up going to that. So there was probably, I want to say, 250. 300 that went to that event. Wow. And yeah, there was maybe 150 inside, 150 outside, you know, there was, you know, people were telling tales and it was good. You know, it was good networking, good conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, but still not a lot of cross mingling. I, you know, I was kind of forcing it at times, barging into groups saying, Hey, how you doing? You have, you know, so little of that going on. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, uh, and you could get it. They had, six bartenders <laughs> you could get a drink within about two minutes of walking up the bar there wasn't long queues so getting a cocktail or buying some cocktails was not a problem um and then that whatever time that fizzled out the rest of the bars were closed in the hotel you couldn't go you couldn't move to another really there was nothing to move to per se because all the bars were closing at 10 30 or 11 o'clock at night. So the, the big party hosted by the number one podcast company, iHeart, 
Um, oh, he got the train going by. So I said that for dramatic pause. Then, you know, the iHeart party, um, we'd actually took an Uber downtown and Uber was on surge. There's no taxis available. So Uber's running in surge in most cities. So it was like 50 bucks to get to where we were going to go eat. And when we came downtown and ate, had a great meal, then just walked over to the venue, saw a little bit of downtown Nashville. And that was a great party. It was great. They, mm -hmm. uh, for about an hour and a half, we were all mingling. They had a DJ that was uh, not a DJ, playing on house music, uh, plenty of bartenders, uh, open bar, lots of discussions, people moving around. Mm -hmm. it, it was really, really good. And then they brought, I, I forget this guy's name, but they brought in this old school, famous TikTok YouTube DJ who mm -hmm. robbed, he rocked the house. He rocked the house. We were all, it was, the dance floor was full. Wow. Now everyone is saying that was the I Heart super spreader event. That's what they were, that's what people <laughs> were saying. But if anyone caught COVID, it was at that event because we were, we were all jammed together. And they had plenty of room in the venue to spread out. But this right. DJ was so fantastic that everyone was dancing and um, had a great time. And so I looked at the watch. I knew the time the party was over. <laughs> so I bounced 15 minutes before the masses headed to the bus. And I got one of the first buses back to the hotel thinking, I'm going to get to the hotel. I'm going to be able There's to go to the bar. There, right? I can go to the bar. I can get things set up and wait for the crew to come back. Bar was closed. I was like, what the hell? What the hell? What are we going to do now? So I was there for last call. So I ordered like, like a dozen beers. <laughs> so that as people come back, we could all have a cocktail and still talk for another hour or so. Right. But there wasn't a single night that I wasn't in bed by 1145, 1130. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, Rob, what, what time are we normally going to bed at podcasts and move two in the morning three two, two, two or three in the morning yeah it's not not abnormal yeah but i did did have some trouble even in that bar that you're talking about uh losing my voice i think i lost my voice after just the first day or so yeah, well you know it's, um you yeah ha you have to condition your voice i i am such yeah, a you do. i am such a vocal person that i usually don't have i i would start to lose mine too but <laughs> mm -hmm. So, you know, the socializing was down. Right. And, you know, I always call it holding court because we get everyone together, we're always telling stories. And, uh, well, I did think that uh, many of the sessions were quite a ways away from the exhibition area. Mm, walking yeah. distance, maybe yeah. not that far. Well, the. There they had to, what, they had to pass uh, the exhibition area to get to the sessions. Right, and there was some upstairs and some you had oh, to go downstairs and then down a long hallway and then you had to go down another hallway and So maybe people were, were just people were yeah. just bopping and bopping between sessions yeah. and not yeah. Yeah, so the the main stage, the keynote stage was right off of the exhibition area. And then there was like two little sub presentation areas that were off to the left and the right of the, of the keynote room, which were going alternating. Those were going alternating at the same, um, in between the keynote sessions or the, uh, the live on stage sessions going on. So it'll be interesting to see the, the, 
the replays that are going to be available of all the sessions. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was a good selection of, um, sessions, uh, and topics and things like that. A lot of stuff, you know, I, I, I like Tom, Tom Webster's presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he did a interesting job of doing his presentation with a mask on Yeah, and, and using, um, the analogy of a cup of water to discuss <laughs> his podcast consumption pattern. By the way, and he, and he mentioned, uh, this show. Well, on, I on got, stage. he mentioned this show and then I got to mention too, because yeah, you did. <laughs> and okay. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Don't eat me. Tom Webster. So Tom's giving his presentation and he says, he's talking about editing, right? Yeah. And how editing is so important and that you, you, know, you tighten the show up and get rid of all this stuff. And he says, but yet, and then you use my reference how I never edit. He says, but he's been podcasting 16 years. He's yeah. been podcasting 16, you know, he made that point. So I thought that was kind of funny. So Tom, yeah. thank you for the, for the, first of all, for the personal shout out for me and the acknowledgement of no editing. Right. And number two, thank you for the shout out on the new media show. If that didn't get us a few subscribers, nothing did. So, Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Um, but Rob, I, I have to thank Mike because in the chat room, he says quest love from the tonight show and roots. That was the DJ. Right. And that's what I heard. I was amazed. Now let's go back to when Todd was a young, young lad in ether years living in Guam, being in the Navy, I was DJing and we'd have to carry in a hundred boxes of albums lps right mm-hmm. well how things have changed now i knew they had changed quite a bit i knew they, no one was carrying lps in and you know i right. knew they had these fancy controllers and stuff like this but rob i'm going to put it on the screen you can't see it but the audience will be able to see it this is what i want for christmas is the rain dj1 professional motorized dj controller now if there is someone in this audience who wants to be a benefactor? Boy, oh boy, that's that's on my Christmas wish list. It's only fifteen ninety nine. Yes, one thousand five hundred ninety nine dollars. Wow, or sixty seven dollars a month on a twenty four month payment plan with a Guitar Center. <laughs> what are you gonna do with that, Todd? You know, really? be honest with you, probably use it for about two hours, and then it'll sit and collect dust for six months. No, I, I, it, it, I was just impressed what. You can start a second career. Uh, no, get a no. costume. No, no. You can get up. Don't on need stage, a costume. Do, do these live event. Well, I mean, more, more, more of these DJs are, you know, like wearing, you know, uh, if, if I, if I got my mix, outfits. if I got my mix down, the wheels of steel will speak for themselves. You don't know DJ. As long as you can get the, the audience hopping and the right. bar shaking, you have done right. your job. Yes, you have. <laughs> no question about that. Hey, Todd, did you get a chance to talk to Sharon Taylor, who's the CEO of, um, of, um, uh, oh, I just lost my. Better Google my, her name quick. No, no. Um, um, Omni Studios at, at no. Australia. So I she, this, did not get yep. a chance to talk to Sharon. Well, because Sharon was went to this podcast movement oh, event as a robot. robot. Yeah. I saw her wandering around. <laughs> she so used did you a, get a chance to actually talk to her. N- no. I talked to her for, I didn't for know who it was. There was no sign on the robot. I th- didn't know. Who, I well, thought it was it says, some, 
it says Robot Sharon on it. Okay, and, so and it had her <laughs> her badge hanging around the video monitor, and it's this motorized kind of like screen that kind of comes up. I actually it was on the front page of Pod News. Mm. If you saw it from, the I did. Fifth. I did see it. Yeah, yeah. So it was Robo Sharon. So Todd, that's always an option for you if you want. You know how much it costs to rent. You know how much it costs to rent one of those things. I've seen those at CES. Matter of fact, that's a telemedicine device. Right. That's what it's oh, primarily yeah. used for. Yeah, it, it was cool. And props to them for doing that. She, she right. couldn't get out of Australia because of Australians, you know, authoritarian lockdown of their their citizens where you, you know, you're told where you can and can't go. So right. um, you can't even leave the country in Australia. And if you do, you have to spend like 5,000 Aussie to get back in the country and quarantine. And but I think you have to have a reason. You just can't get on an airplane and go somewhere. Well, what's, what's shocking about it, as far as I know, they've, They've only had like one case. Uh, that's not the, that's not the case. No, it's not, not the case. No, oh, <laughs> no, I thought, but, <laughs> no, I thought that's what I read. Yeah. I think that was, uh, I think you read propaganda, but anyway, okay. the, and if they have had one case, congratulations, but I don't think that's the, the situation. Um, so, anyway. and I guess from, and you know, I think as long as the podcasters were there, Got to attend sessions and get educated and do a little hobnobbing and, you know, a little networking and get some information that, you know, they got their money's worth um, out of the event. And, uh, you know, thanks to Dan and Jared and the team for, you know, really trying, probably putting on an event that they were probably scared to death to pull the trigger on. So, um, mm -hmm. but it did set the tone because I, you know, I'm really, I'm on the airplane coming back and I'm thinking, Annie B, North Hall, where they've got us positioned. Just Libsyn and Blue Area are the only two podcaster companies that are now exhibiting. Right. Uh, there was one other that might be there, but they're a little bit, they're not quite, they're partly podcast. There might be one more. I'm going to have to spend a lot of money to do PR work to get people to the booth because we're going to have to do an email campaign and a whole bunch of other stuff to let people know, hey, we're here. Mm -hmm. How many people are really going to Vegas for NEB? Considering it's only Central and North Hall, there's no, there's no South. Well, I heard that a lot of it's going into the new, um, oh, the new hall. You heard they're going to West. They're going to have West filled. Well, if that's the case, then the numbers might not be bad. Yeah, I, because I guess that West Hall is huge. It's huge. But I was under the understanding that only North and, well, we're going to have to go on the NAB website and look, but that's in October. That mm -hmm. I'm, you know, and now I'm concerned we're going out to Salt Lake here in a couple of weeks for an event and then immediately following going to Dragon Con. So I'm just like, you know, is that, I just can't imagine though, they'll cancel dragon con at this point. People have too much money wrapped up into all these events. Yeah. So, so what's going on at dragon con? Are they in other digital media track? They are. And, uh, I was basically kind of surprised along with another attendee that, you know, I basically signed up for one and end up on four. So I'm on four different, um, uh, speaking tracks. And we'll see. We'll see what happens at Dragon Con. So I'll be down there the whole week. 
I'm going to go find some. What's the date to that? What's the date to that? So it's uh, the first, I believe the first through the seventh. I arrive on September. Oh, it's, 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 um, October, September, right. no, September 2nd through the 6th. I might actually, it's, I think it's, or the 5th. I, I don't know. I have to look at my calendar at what day I, I leave. It doesn't go past the end of the weekend. So, so okay. So it's at the end of this month then. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's the beginning of September, but right, then, at the end of this yeah, month, right. but then I'm going to be in Salt Lake starting on, I think the 27th or something like that. Or conference oh, out there. That's pretty tight between those two. Events. Well, I leave. I, matter of fact, I leave before the event's over and fly to Atlanta. In order to make my connections, I have to leave at like three mm-hmm. o'clock on the on the first or something like that. And Dragon Con is oh, it's a killer. That's a no, we've done that one together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see what the attendance of that event is, but. That's really going to set the tone. Then, and then the next event is obviously NAB in October. About immediately following NAB is a She Podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep. So all the you know, everything I and again I don't watch the mainstream news, so I don't know what propaganda they're telling this week. But everyone says that this thing should be on the downslope. I hope so. As we move into to fall, that the- yeah. I guess that's what's happened with the Delta in some of the European countries. We saw a peak and then it fell off. Well, we'll see, you know, but what's the next variant, you know, Bravo, Charlie Zulu, you know, what's next? Yeah. Who knows? Right. So, but anyway, anyways. Yes. So anything, I don't think there's been a lot of, breaking news or anything like that that's happened here over the last few days next week there will be there will be huh? mm-hmm. well, what's what's happening <laughs> can't next tell week, Todd? can't tell oh something with you guys huh? yeah well we're just starting our rollout of our stuff so new some new stuff is that what you're talking about let's put it this way we dynamite dynamited everything and so we're going to start rolling out the the new you, new stuff Wow. So you're doing some mining, huh? Uh, we didn't do mining. We, we bulldozed it. <laughs> no, you blow it up and then well, you yeah, we, 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 it we, out, we, right? we, we bulldozed it and buried it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. We woo. Yes. So, so I'm just trying to look at the, the, the news a little bit. I guess the Outlier Podcast Festival has been postponed. Yep. I, the, they're going to push it off to, I think, next year, I think. So there is some folks that are getting a little cold feet about events going forward. So That's too bad. But, you know, it really is. You know, yeah. if you have your, enough is enough. You've had your vaccine, let's go. So I did hear that the VidCon conference is uh, still on track to happening in LA mm-hmm. coming up here in October. Um, and they expect about 50,000 people at that event. So let me tell you about a phone call I had today. Okay. 
So my marketing team, my marketing director, he's our marketing, uh, my lead marketing guy is out on vacation. So his email, we would, you know, I've been CC'd on most of his email and it's come, we have a catch all email and got an email from this uh, sales guy from Spotify. Mm -hmm. So shh, everybody, shh, don't shh. tell anybody, yeah, don't dude. tell anybody. And if Spotify, if you're listening, don't shh. So I'm having a call with one of their salespeople next week to buy advertising around podcasts. Which company was this? Did I say, did I stutter? Spotify. Oh, okay. So I said to the guy, I said, do you allow companies to advertise on Spotify that are a competitor? And he says, well, you, you don't compete with Spotify. I said, no, but you guys own Anchor. It, are, are you going to allow me, a podcast service provider, to advertise on your platform? Well, Todd, didn't you know that Anchor really is no longer a podcast hosting platform? Well, that's true. That's true. So I guess, I guess I'm right. good, good to go. So anyway, um, I mean, if you think about it, so maybe I probably oh, shouldn't, I probably shouldn't, I probably now, shouldn't right? be saying this on the show because maybe the call get canceled, but we'll find out if this advertising is for content around non because I'm going to ask. It's probably for Spotify. It is so for Spotify. And I'm going to ask. It has nothing to do with Anchor. His, well, it's just a Spotify ad sales rep that wants to sell me to buy advertising in Spotify. So I am going to ask to buy advertising around non-exclusive podcasts on Spotify. So, you, okay, let me get this straight. So <laughs> you're talking to them about running campaigns yes. in podcasts yes. for Spotify, not no, Spotify no, no, no. coming to you right. necessarily oh, and wanting to buy Spotify campaigns exactly. on Exactly. Yeah, okay. They want me it. to buy spots on their platform to buy Got around podcast. podcast. Oh, on their exclusive or originals. We will find out because I'm going to say I want to buy advertising around non-exclusive podcast content. Well, of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll see how that call goes. Yes. But, but I think it's an interesting point about Anchor, Todd. Are they now a podcast hosting platform? No, they're not because they don't give RSS feeds out no more. You're just it's a an show. It's interesting uh, change, isn't it? Yes, the more it, you think about it. It is. It absolutely is. So I'm not sure. <clears throat> I'm not sure why they chose to do that, but I guess... I guess maybe it makes sense if given what's been going on. But I did have one instance of a show that called us that wants to migrate to us and they don't have an RSS feed. Where, where are they coming from? Anchor. Oh, from Anchor. And they were quite confused. What do you mean? I can't migrate automatically. Hmm. They didn't think for a minute that maybe there wasn't a way to do that. They didn't. <laughs> they, they, they didn't know. They didn't know 
that that they needed to have an RSS feed. That's right. Hmm. That that, that creates an interesting <laughs> dynamic, doesn't it, Todd? <laughs> hmm. 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 That has me thinking a little bit. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe there should be a few others that get that idea too. I'd love it. (laughs) I'd love it. I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. (laughs) But at the, on the other hand, it could be a form of block-in. Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) Okay. Oh, yes. I so. guess you have to put that in the box of thinking outside of the box, Todd. Because it's it's certainly not conventional thinking. So, I don't... We do have to ask a question, though. And this is changing topics. Hey, Apple, you guys still got a problem? <laughs> because yeah. some people think there is a problem. And... Here's the thing that I laugh about this because I already know it's a problem and I don't even need Apple to respond to this. Here's the post in Pod News. And come on, James, you, you know the answer to this already. Why, why are you? Well, well, James is no longer there. Just, I know we're talking about James. Okay, excuse me. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't eat me, James Cridland. Oh, James Cridland. Okay, All so. Right. Here's here's the here's the post in Pod News. Are there still problems at Apple Podcasts? Well, nobody wants to put the name to it. Pod News is a number of large publishers saying the Apple Podcast occasionally doesn't notice new episodes appearing in podcast feeds. And they sometimes think caked up the 72 hours to appear by iOS 14.7 fixed an auto download bug. This bug is different. What do you know? Hit reply and let us know. Here's okay, I'm hitting reply. Forever and a millennium. They've always had this trouble. They've always had this trouble. Yeah. There's, there's nothing new about that. Nothing new. Hmm. Nothing new. What's changed is that no longer does the I Apple podcast app actually subscribe to the feed. It is now pulling from the directory. So whereas before a podcast listener would open their app, they'd come to the new media show and they say, Oh, there's a new episode. There's a new episode because guess where yeah. they got the feed? From me. Dur- from us. Directly, directly from the RSS. Directly from our feed. And they would just, they would download the show or listen to it immediately. Now now it has to be cached first. Now it has yeah. to be cached. Yep. And if your feed is a little big, let's say you expand out to five hundred episodes. Or, or, or if you publish on an a unusual cadence, right? or your right. server's not so fast, right? Apple times out when they hit your feed, and then yeah. you get put in the something. I almost bet you you get put in the penalty box. And they say, "Oh, we couldn't load that. It must have been a problem with the website. We'll, we'll kick a flag and we'll push. We'll check it in twenty four hours." Plus, Todd, I've also heard that um, that if you have three uh, 
iTunes categories selected in your RSS feed, that that can cause a problem too. I haven't seen that. I've got three on all, on they this have show a, and a bug in there that um, we're actually starting to r- recommend that people only select two categories of the three, mm. and and it will avoid a uh, a a delay in the ingestion process. So, do you know how hard it is? Do you know how hard it is to pull 3 million feeds every hour, half hour, 15 minutes? Yeah. I mean, and you have to do it very carefully, too, else you'll trigger DOS attacks. Um, or your provider will say, hey. Yeah. You're pulling too much. You're pulling too, too much. Who's this bad character? And they flag them, and they put them in the penalty box for 24 hours. Right. So it may not even be Apple. It might be dun 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 your hosting provider. Because oh, I'm gonna piss a bunch of people off here now. Okay, let's say your domain name is myhostingprovider.com. And there are well, let's just say twenty thousand feed at myhostingprovider.com. Well, there's lots of things that can happen and where maybe myhostingprovider.com is put in the penalty box. Yeah, or if it's a new platform, maybe there are times when it gets saturated. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, because dun, dun. The, that hosting platform hasn't um, built the infrastructure. They to don't know how to serve. Yes. Spikes yep. in demand. Yes. Right? Don't know how to scale up. And the server goes, hey, I don't have enough open connections. Not telling you companies that know what you're doing, what to do. Right. And you know what? Unless you have observant IT guy or gal, you're not even going to know. So it's, so what we're really saying is that it's, it, some of these things, it's easy to blame Apple, but it may not really always be Apple that's, that's causing fact. it. That's right. a fact. That's a fact. It just may look like it, it but yeah. it could also be ha- happening across other listening platforms, but you just may not be paying attention to them as much. And maybe, um, well, I, I'm, I, I know <laughs> where the dead bodies are. <laughs> well, that's one. your job, Todd. You're a <laughs> podcast host. I, you know, I know where the dead bodies are, you know, so, right. you know. Yeah. It's it's because guess who they blame? Yeah, they always blame the host. They blame the host always. Usually, usually. Yeah, and the host says it's not our problem. Everything's fine when they look at that moment. <laughs> but in this particular situation, Apple looks like the culprit. But Apple Apple changed their infrastructure and how they look at RSS feeds as opposed to many others in the industry. And so, and also the way right. you got to remember. W- Okay, Mike's in the chat. Mike is a lead. Maybe still. Maybe he's doing his, maybe he's working. Mike, how many support tickets do you get a week from podcasters saying, I published my podcast and it hasn't up. This is before the change. This is before Apple podcast would, when you, when you were had the Apple podcast app, 
and you were, as a listener, subscribed directly to the feed, when that was the case, how many times, Mike, a week, would you tell podcasters, subscribe to your own show and see if it's updated, and that solved the problem? A week. I bet he's going to come back and say 10 times a week. We'd have people that reach out to us and say, they would go to Apple Podcasts and look for their show. It's not updated. Mm -hmm. Not even having followed or subscribed to their own show. Mm-hmm. So they didn't go to the app first. They went to the store first. And of course the store was 24 hours behind at times. And the app would be up to date and they, Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I don't have to worry. They then once they figured that out, now the cards have switched. We can't tell, mm-hmm. we can't tell them. We have to say contact Apple because it is Apple or we have a problem or we always check to make sure we don't have a problem. We do a cursory look at the feed to make sure it's good. Make sure it's not airing out. Make sure there's not a validation issue. You know, we do our due diligence on a feed that we run. So mm-hmm. this is, you know, it's not. So James, this has been a problem forever. There's nothing new. Right. And it's surprising these companies are figuring out that, well, (laughs) it's, they didn't pay attention to the store. They paid attention to their apps, Mm -hmm. but because this is the kick in the butt, because most of the apps out there feed from Apple, you're going to be delayed everywhere. Right. That's right. That's true. So some app providers I'm hearing are starting to build their own caching system imagine that yeah more and more of them are wanting direct submission from podcasters too having having those types of conversations with a few of the platforms um, that have been um, only getting shows via their own login process blueberry has an api if you want to update your app by the way So I think there's progress. And then like we mentioned up on stage during our live session that there, we are reaching a point. I think we're getting there where most of the major music streaming platforms around the world have, or will be embracing podcasts at some point. Um, I think once, and we're kind of reaching that saturation point and then we're going to see genre based mm-hmm. um, topic apps start to incorporate podcasts, which I think is the next tier of listening apps that we're going to start seeing. Um, we're already so, seeing it starting to trickle out. Oh, it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm already wor- working with a couple of them already. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the, this other type of listening app, which is considered the social networking podcast listening apps, which um, a big emphasis I think coming out of podcast movement is around the interactivity level of podcasting, which um, I think you heard a little bit of that from the the fireside folks of trying to get uh, you know that deeper interactive engagement layer with your audience, right? And that's the common theme I think you know. And Danny talked about that during our session as well about the power of of audience um, activation, um, and, and involvement in your show and what you do even outside of your show or that promotes your, your show and your supporters. 
Um, and if you want to hear more about that directly from Danny, go, go listen to the, the, the live show from podcast movement. But, um, I did see an article that came out of one of the, the attendees from podcast movement, um, Jenna Spinelli, uh, who wrote, wrote an article on medium talking about her three takeaways for independent podcasters. Uh, it's an article that just kind of summarized a little bit of the big topics. I, I think that were kind of overriding the theme from podcast movement. And I think what, one of them falls out of Mr. Tom Webster, um, is, you know, you can't really succeed in podcasting unless you have some idea of who your audience is. And I think that's, that was a big theme, um, that came out of Tom's presentation as well, you know, doing a survey of your audience, getting an idea of who they are, what they're looking for. And then also he's been a big, big, um, fan of this concept of making your show unique. Um, don't do a show like anybody else is doing if at all possible. And, um, you know, do surveys of your audience to learn who, who those people are. And that question came up during our session too, Todd. And we talked about that a little bit as well. And then the, the other big theme that came out of us, and, uh, it says here, um, the independent podcasters can find strength in numbers. Mm. Um, and I think that concept is really, I was just reading what that it says, um, session, the power of promotional swaps, um, and the use of, um, kind of, kind of marketing and PR to, to, um, to grow your numbers. Right. And th that was kind of like the overriding theme, right. Is, is how do we grow audience? Mm -hmm. And I know Todd, we, we've been hearing that a lot over the last year is that as we grow this medium, the, the show marketing part of this is so important. And then the, the third piece that she highlights here is content is king now more than ever. Um, which is a very subjective scenario, but quality of content, value of content. Uh, I, I think more and more duration of content, taking the content and, um, pulling out what's in the content and exposing it to drive attention and awareness. And I heard many companies talking about excerpts and pulling out segments of content and using those as promotional materials, uh, for getting people to pay attention to your content. I don't know, Todd, what's your thought on those, those three? I think we should rename this show, new media show on fire. Right. <laughs> no, unique content has always been right. content, content, content. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's about the content, you know, the good content rises to the top and. Yeah, so, I know, Todd, Todd, we talked about this topic probably a year ago, but uh, I was around the power of networks right? Um, podcast networks more specifically. Um, I think at the time we felt that podcast networks were going to become just a huge thing in the podcasting space. And then at some point, all those networks were going to get swallowed up by bigger networks, right? So we see this clustering of podcasts. I don't know that we've seen, well, maybe to some degree we've seen the, the proliferation of networks, but I do think that we've seen a lot of 
independent shows just and, and and feel a little queasy about maybe getting into partnerships with networks. And what are you seeing out there? Thought on that. Well, I I've always said that you know being part of a network has tremendous value. Uh, it can if it the can. network provides value, right. right? And I think that's always the question. And it's all about you know what are you going to do for me and what am I going to do for you? It's it's got to be quid pro pro. You got to have you know, you get something, give something, you know, Rob, you just, you know, I, I, again, I haven't been part of a net. Well, I'm still part of a network, but you know, we kind of run on autopilot, but in the early, early days, we saw huge success by really cross promoting and talking about each other. And, Mm -hmm. and we, we weren't running bumpers. We were running, you know, promo. Well, we, sometimes we ran bumpers from other shows. Yeah, we did. And yeah. we talked about other shows and we recommended them and cross-linked to them and, and brought advertising to those shows. There was, you know, a, you know, advertising that was going on. So, you know, we proved early on that that model works really, really well. Mm-hmm. But I was, as I was talking to, well, you, you were, I think you were standing there, I was talking to a young man about building a network. Mm-hmm. He was at, he was at our session at the, you know, our live session. And he asked yeah. some very good questions and he came up later and we talked to him for probably 45 minutes. And I, I just made one point. I said, if you're going to run a network, there has to be, you know, networks can't be run by committee. There has to be someone that's the lead, you know, that sets the pace that, you know, sets the rules and, you know, comes, you know, there has, it can't be, can't, doesn't work by committee. So, mm-hmm. you know, gave him some tips there because he was thinking about starting a network and I think he'll be very successful in doing so. But, you know, for the majority of you listening today, a network doesn't have to be 20 shows. It could be two. It could be three. And it's shows that you love and trust. Mm-hmm. And if you love a show and, you you know, there may be even in your own genre, you know, approach that other podcast and say, let's promote each other. And right. if they're smart, they will. Now, if the show is much, much bigger than you, then you may have to give more than you get in return. But mm-hmm. it's a start. You know, if you mention them five times, they mention you once and they're five times as big as you winner, winner, chicken dinner, you've still won. Um, right. So I, I think there's huge value in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it gets back to, to matching up, right. Who, what show goes with what network and how that show matches up against the other shows in the network. Is it, is it competitive? Is it, uh, compatible is it i think there's just a lot of questions and there's also trust issues that happen too when you turn over your brand to someone else um to represent it somehow in some capacity i think a lot of people hesitate well, on that well there's not necessarily have to be turnover there can be cooperation with ground right. rules matter of fact who wants to be part of the new media show network you want to be, you listen to this you want to be part of the network give us a shout out you know, main executive position there, Rob. We're going to be a network now. I'm just kidding. I mean, I, but... <laughs> go for it. You know, I think we had uh, Veritone One up on stage talking about advertising. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a great conversation for this show. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I think that, uh, you know, there is potential out there for shows to see growth. You know, that right. again, it's one of many things we talk about all this on this show. So it's just one quiver in your, you know, in your bowl holder, whatever it's called, you know, what is, what do they call those things where you put your arrows, your arrow quiver? Is that what they call it? Or 
you know, it's just I, another I, I arrow so. in your quiver. So see, I, I can't even talk straight today, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I think there's huge opportunity going back to her article though. There was a couple of things there that, you know, I resonate all the way back to the beginning. And I'm like some of these reoccurring themes that we, you know, you and I natively know because we've just been in this space so long. It's a very good article. I didn't read it, but it she sounds like she was on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, Tom's point that she quotes in here is that, uh, you know, rather than asking how you can grow your audience, you should ask why your numbers have hit a plateau. Right. Why have you stopped growing? And Tom said, uh, download stop growing because people stop recommending your show mm-hmm. to others. Everyone who listens needs to tell two friends. So, yep. and then those two friends tell two friends and then those two friends tell two friends. And you can see how that turns into a million listeners. I, I, I use that in my sponsorship, uh, pitch on Geek New Central. Right. I tell them, I, I know you probably already picked up a product from the sponsor, but you've got friends. I don't, also, I don't tell them to write the promo code on the bathroom wall, but I almost do. You know, share this with your friends, family members, people that you know that's getting ready to start with. You know, that's what I do. That's how I, it's, and again, the same, same thing applies when you're, if someone's, if someone's a fan of the show, they're going to spread your show without you asking them. Right. Because people say, what do you listen to? I listen to this and this and this. Right. Matter of fact, give me your phone. I'll subscribe you to them or follow them so you can have it and check it out. Mm Mm-hmm. I do that all the time. What do you recommend? Boom, boom, boom. Here's three. There's some resources that you can tap into too to get access to, um, you know, survey technology. There's one that's re- recommended through an article that's part of the bellocollective.com website. But this this is a survey tool um, that they recommend here. It's called the Iterate tool, I think is what, what it's called. It's I T E R A T E, uh, HQ.com. And it's basically a, a feedback tool and they do have a start, a free trial that you can go in here and create a, um, a survey of your audience. So it can be embedded in your website. It can be a mobile, can be shared via mobile, um, email, all that kind of stuff. Any cus anybody that's a podcaster that has claimed a podcast mm-hmm. on Blueberry, if you've claimed your show, we have a free survey that you can put on your website. It's all it's all, just put drop the embed on your website. It's a fast metric. We're getting ready to revise it. It's a fast mm-hmm. ten or eleven questions. We get the basic uh, demographic data information. It's just very basic, very fast. And people can complete it in thirty seconds. We've had that right. survey available for more than 10 years and it's, it's free and we, you know, it's a little, you know, it, but you don't have to use ours, but I contend though, Tom had given this, mm-hmm. you know, 300 questions or whatever it was that he, I don't know if it was that many. It seemed like it was a lot. The problem, the problem with the big survey is big. Well, you want to keep it short. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. You want to keep it, you know, quick and dirty. You want to be fast in and out but you want to collect the information that you need right. without missing stuff. So, you know, the one we provide and we're going to, like I said, we're going to revise it because there's some questions in there that, you know, are 
you know, more people now spend more than a thousand dollars online every year. That's, you know, that's, that's pretty given, you know, right. with Amazon and everything else. So it's because trends have changed, but most of the other questions are pretty much nailed on. Yeah. The feedback that this article gives is that the topics and the questions that you might want to consider in this is like age, location, content feedback, what's your listening habits, uh, what's your opinion of, of the sponsors, what's your opinion on financial support, whether it's donation, Patreon, whatever those things. And then, um, future show planning type questions, you know, like, um, what kind of merch would you like, or what kind of, you know, do you like live shows? Do you, you know, these, these type of questions can then get to the heart of maybe what your audience uh, would like to see in your show. So, but, but there's basics that you're going to need to know for a, an ad campaign. You're going to need right. to you're age, need age male, female, uh, right. how much there's, how much they make. They have kids. Da, 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 da. There's just a certain minimum. Right. And then well, they if you cover that here totally. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think that that age age is critical. Gender, uh, income, um, probably maybe even a little bit of a profession. So if you if you think your audience is eighteen to thirty five, if you think, and then you get the survey results and it's twenty five to forty five, or thirty five mm-hmm. to forty five, wouldn't that most of you have a tendency to maybe make your content a little different change to maybe I'm not saying if if you're attracting that age group and you don't know it, you know, maybe something that you're doing that's attracting that age group already. So you either do something in addition to attract younger people or you enhance the content to keep those people keeping coming back. So there's lots of decisions. And if you find all of a sudden that 70% of your audiences are women, and you didn't know that, then it's, it, you know, there's all kinds of content decisions you can make based upon demo data that you get. Yeah. The direction you want to take your show too. Cause so, sometimes this is, this can be confirmational data too. This can be data that tells you what you're currently doing right now is catering to this type of an audience. Um, how you shape that going forward uh, would, would need you, to, uh, would kind of necessitate you, um, experimenting around a little bit with trying to expand into like maybe a, a different, a slightly different demographic that's maybe a little broader that will reach a larger audience. And then you survey it again and see how that matches up with the changes that you made. And, you so know, did may- you lose certain audience or did you gain certain audience? And, and maybe Tom can weigh in for us here at some point. Uh, or someone else Tom that, on the show at some point, maybe to talk about it. You know, I feel personally that the first 10 questions are going to be the critical stuff I really want to get. Right. And then right. if I have 30 more questions, those are the good to haves because the people are going to get all the way to 40 are your top fans. The people that well, are, yeah. you know, yeah. so it, it depends on how far they get into the survey and hopefully your software software captures every answer and doesn't have to wait till they hit submit uh, because yeah, we see it also, also depends on your goals of what information you need yeah. for what you're doing because some shows don't have monetization goals so yeah there are going to be questions that are just more about content and people and, abandon surveys yeah. all the time 
We've all, right. I, how many of you have gotten a, a survey? I've answered lots of surveys because I like seeing the questions. So getting from the airlines. You know, so I answer surveys all the time. And some of them go on and go on. And, right. go, and at about three minutes, I'm like, I got other work to do. And, right. I, and I, ba- I bail. So you just don't have time to finish it. So yeah. you have to be, you know, you got to have that time constraint. Now, if I was a super fan of a show, I'm going to go all the way through 50 questions because I'm going to be like, yes, yes, no, yes, this sucks. It's good. It's great. It's good. You know, I'm going to give my opinion. Right. But that's not necessarily, you know, that bends the curve a little bit when it comes to, you know, if all the people answered all the way to the end, you get a good sampling. If only two people get all the way to the end, well, you know, those two folks are the ones that are emailing you already on your show and giving you feedback. And you may need to get creative with, you know, with incentives for people to <laughs> fill out the survey That's too, true. especially if they are a little longer. Um, you know, the, I don't know that I have a bunch of suggestions for how you might do that, but uh, I think just, yeah, use your creativity might be the answer. And depending on what your resources are and depending on what, you know, people that are running for a gift card, you know, make it substantial. One person will get, let's say you're in the running for a $200 Amazon gift card. Right. And one person of how many ever, but you know, if only two people fill the survey out, well, you're going to have to write that $200 check. So you're going to run that, want to run that survey long enough to get enough respondents. But you don't want to run it too long either. There's two tokens to that. Right. So, Todd, I noticed that the Edison Research Top 50 Most Listened to Podcasts came out um, during the podcast movement time frame. <laughs> yes. And um, Q3 2020 to Q2 2021, weekly podcast listens. Uh, Joe Rogan came up number one. He's a podcast? I, that was, that was my whole point was that is a sign of a change in the industry. Well, as Tom made it pretty clear during his keynote. Yeah. Does it matter if a show has an RSS feed? It does if they want to be involved in the podcast awards. I know (laughs) that's true. That's true. But, but but I'm hardcore, but it it is a confirmation that that's, that yeah. supposition that you've had for many years that I don't care where they listen as long as they listen, that does apply to this question, right? But some so, of those, right? Some of okay, so, but they can only listen to Joe Rogan on Spotify. They can only listen. And that that rule doesn't apply to Joe. He doesn't care. He can't say that no more. They have to listen on Spotify. So right. again, I contend. Very few successful radio programs. Let's look at the late Rush Limbaugh show. 700 or 800 stations, something ridiculous. Syndicated. He wouldn't have made the money he made if he'd have been on one station in Tampa, Florida. Well, another example of that is Howard Stern, right? So, you know. But he's on a, well, that's a little different, that's a a little different scale, you know, but. You know, for the average Joe or Jane, then you know you have you don't have much choice but to be syndicated everywhere. So I guess you know probably again ninety nine point nine percent of shows have a feed now. It's that well, yeah. I mean, if you look at even even this top fifty list, um, 
I think all, all the other shows on that list, all are RSS based. Joe's is the only one that isn't. I think. Well, you got to see if there's any Amazon shows in there. Got to see if there's any more exclusive Spotify's. You got to look and see if there's any, you know, there's a number of other platforms that don't have feeds. And technically you have a premium podcast on Apple and not have a feed. So I don't think any of those are showing up though, because they're probably not going right, to build that big of an audience. Right. 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 So I think, uh, Joe is the outlier here. Well, Joe's always the outlier. You take remove him from the equation. And still you look at that list. It's a pretty impressive list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at each of these shows and I'm wondering if there are any of them that are ex also exclusive on Spotify. Well, well, I'll be honest with you going through the nominees for the podcast awards this year. I was pretty impressed. There's a pretty diverse group across a bunch of diverse platforms that made the slate. And you can see where the power of the network comes in in a couple of the categories as well, because you see one, two, three shows from the same network. And you know that they they marshaled the forces within the network to have everyone vote. Right. Yeah, I, I do see that the Michelle Obama podcast. Um, is really? Done, is, it, is it on a top list? It's in the it's top 25, and it's a Spotify podcast. Okay. Um, but I'm assuming that that is a public podcast. RSS feed because I they're using so. the word podcast in the title. <laughs> no, the, I, probably but not. But you can't assume that, can you? No. There might be a bootleg feed out there somewhere. I don't think, you know, those exclusive shows on Spotify, I don't think they have RSS feeds. But I did find some RSS feeds that came from a unique address on Spotify I've never seen before. Starts with open.spotify. That's the, it, that's the, first sequence of the URL that are actually public feeds that come out of Spotify. I was kind of shocked on that one. Hmm. That is interesting. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know if those are supposed to have been distributed or not, but that's the first time I've seen that. You, I've never went looking for them. And then um, call her daddy is number 11 on the list. And it says Spotify. Formerly Barstool Sports. So that one could be an exclusive to Spotify and only available on Spotify as well. So maybe there's three podcasts that are in here that don't have RSS feeds. Yeah. So. Well, do you want me to read through the top 10 shows that are listed for the People's Choice Podcast Awards? Sure. So here's the top 10. Um, and that's why we drink Chatty Broads, Derek and Romaine, Game of Roses, Morning Combat with Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell, Real Life, Real Crime, Sip, Suds, and Smokes, Tell Them mm -hmm. Steve Dave, The Bible in a Year with, uh, I think it's from. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's, it's I think he's a Catholic priest. Mike Schmitz featuring Jim Cavins and the fantasy footballer. So we end up with a very interesting final list. There's 
several ladies. There is some diversity. There's LGBTQ. Oh. There's. Um, I'm very happy with this, but it looks to me like the drinking shows are very popular maybe because of COVID. <laughs> um, crime. You know, we don't try to make this stuff up. You know, we just go down the list from the, and it was awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. and then we have, uh, it's interesting too, because I was, I saw the preliminary votes on the best, podcast listening platform <laughs> and uh here's who made the list it's almost all of them amazon podcast apple podcast blueberry podcast directory dnr studios google podcast overcast podcast app pandora podcast addict spotify and stitcher that's who made the top 10 so <laughs> yeah. who do you think's gonna win i'm gonna i'm gonna make I won't. I can't sway it, but I know. I almost know who's gonna win. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not sure. We'll I'm see. Not sure. We'll see if the stats. Now, of course, we got a ten thousand five hundred voting pool, so it all depends on how those people listen to podcasts. So it's gonna be very interesting to see. It'll be interesting to also know what the age demo of that group is too. Well, um, we don't collect age demo on our right. voters. Age and gender demo on yeah, that would be would be interesting because that would tell you a little bit right there. We take the host stack, weight it based upon total number of votes each show got, so that we don't end up with you know show ABC that had eighty thousand nominations. We don't mm -hmm. get that you know eight hundred their users aren't in the one in the voting pool. We weight it so it's pretty even weighting, and then. Um, then we we basically randomize that and do the weighting and ten five gets five ten thousand yeah. listeners five hundred podcasters. Yeah, awesome. So, anything else you can think of, Todd? I think we're getting getting towards the end of the of the show here. Um, any other takeaways from podcast movement that you can think of, or Ooh. Uh, from our live session? I definitely want to encourage everybody to go check that out. I think that there was a robust discussion about all sorts of topics uh, around advertising uh, and how to engage audiences. So definitely check it out if you I, haven't I, seen it yet. I can't say that I would recommend Gaylord Resort for a place to go stay anytime soon. Oh, well, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I, yeah, I get your point on that. I think there are much better options in the Nashville area at this time, potentially. Mm -hmm. Beautiful resort. If we could have just ate on time and not waited three hours and that kind right. of stuff. Right. Yeah. Or called Uber Eats for delivery to a resort that has eight restaurants. So, Did you ever make it over to the Fuse restaurant, Todd? At the which, other end of the of the hotel? Which one is that? The sports it's bar? Like a, it's like a big sports bar. It's yeah, really big. Yeah, I, I did. You did? Okay. I did. It had a very limited menu. And it, um, okay, <laughs> uh, one to five stars. What did you give them in the star rating for the food, Rob? Um, well, probably maybe a three and a half. I give them two. <laughs> wow. So what did you order, Todd? I ate there twice and was highly disappointed each time. But I got took to dinner at the steak place. I'll give that five stars plus. That was fantastic. At the Hickory Steak 
steak plates. That was that was a five. No, that was a ten. The Italian restaurant, when you could get in, I'll give that one a five as well. Give the Italian restaurant a five. Um, calamari off the charts. The rest of the places I couldn't get in. So, right. I guess it would have been worse if the event had been fully packed with people. Oh, you know. oh. they would have need to have uh, hired buses to take us to the mall or something. It, there was definitely, or Uber Eats, there would have been a line of Uber Eats car outside the, because they just, they couldn't get the people. I feel bad for them. You know, I'm dogging them here, but they can't hire people. People, they have a, uh, employees get a $5,000 signing bonus to bring someone in to, to sign, to, to work as wow. an employee, you recommend someone, you get a $5,000 signing bonus. Wow. That's what I think there's a, they have to work so many, some amount of time before you get it. But oh, wow. Wow. That actually might pay, pay better to just to be a recruiter. For I them, think but. so too. <laughs> <laughs> Go there and have some job that's, you know, a, you know, running a buffer or something, whatever, you know, whatever. And then be a, um, be a recruiter in disguise. I think you could, you know, you, yeah. you could, you know, you could clean up well. Oh. Todd, I'm trying to get, uh, you know, some speaking opportunities going for, for all of us, uh, at NAB coming up. Um, they usually have opportunities for us there. And I know that Dan Franks is the one that's kind of running that just to let you know, if you all didn't right. know that. So, so he might be a good good resource. So if you're wanting to go to NAB, I uh, they are going to have a you know a radio track there, but they're also going to have a a podcasting element to it that's going to be run by the same folks from Podcast Movement. So it should be interesting to see what they come up with um, on on that. I know that there's some potential sessions that we might be able to get involved in, Todd. All right. That's awesome. By the way, if you are watching live today, make sure you say hello. And a few of you have already want to thank uh, those that have that Robert and Gail and Mike and whoever else made comments are. We appreciate it. If you're watching us on YouTube. Make sure you say hello too. If you're on YouTube, yep. definitely subscribe. Um, yes, we are on YouTube. We're on Twitter, we're on Twitch. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody watches on Twitch. I got a report of one person watches on Twitch the other day. So, woohoo! Yeah. yeah, I wonder when we're going to be able to get this show live on LinkedIn. Uh, I requested, I just don't participate enough in LinkedIn. So, I'm sure that's why I haven't been approved. I requested, I think it would be a great place for this show. Well, Rob, why don't you request to have a streaming? account and between the two of us we can figure out how to get on there they they have not approved me so does anybody have an in you have a connection at linkedin that can hook it hook us up well that's a that's a microsoft thing well so. someone listening to the show knows someone at linkedin there's you know someone's got a friend of a friend then get us the switch well, turned or, on or currently they they're they're streaming live on linkedin the other live platform that, that we're not on right now is um, the the Amazon live streaming platform. Hmm. I need to look into that. We, we have friends at Amazon. Maybe we can figure that out. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. They have a live, well, I mean, they own Twitch, so. Yeah. 
I think it's, it's a Twitch. derivative of, of that. Um, but it's not that. It's something separate. It all costs the same. I can multicast to as many people as I want. It's the same bill. Oh, so can. I'm not okay. limited in the outbound streams. I'm just how many of our hours we're on is what it costs. Okay. So awesome. All right. Well, as uh, should wrap we, it up. What yes, we are. Uh, Rob, where are they can reach you? I'm on Twitter at uh, Rob Greenley, and you can send me an email. Rob G at Lipson dot com uh, is a great way to reach out to me as well. And um, you know, we're going to be at as many podcasting conferences as we can. There, there's still a fairly limited pool of those, but uh, we will keep you informed on ones that we are going to and ones that are coming up. For yeah. those of you that are watching, make sure you get over to newmediashow.com and right there on the right-hand column of the website, there's a couple of subscribe options for you. We want you to subscribe or follow to the show. Of course, as Rob said, our, our replay of the Podcast Movement uh, event, show number 466 is up. I do want to thank the Podcast Movement team for, for getting us the massive file that we needed to, uh, to do the edit on this. And uh, so they did a good job of switching too, so you don't see that wide shot that's shown on the screen all the time. So, <laughs> so you you probably have listened to this episode. Well, I put it up on Monday, so we we it wasn't published on Monday, so there'll be two shows back to back. But um, definitely, I think you'll get something out of the live event. There's some really good insights there from from Bart and from Danny. That if, especially if you're considering doing any type of advertising or building your community, these two gentlemen have got the cog on on doing that. So mm-hmm. um, there was a, there was some big takeaways out of that for me. Even then, you know, you can teach old dogs new tricks and uh, right. a lot of things to consider. Bart really laid it down in mm-hmm. a big big way. So you don't want to miss that episode even if you don't listen to this one, but you've already listened to this one if you're subscribed to it. So thanks for listening to this one. Yeah. Well, Bart uh, is is the, the senior VP of growth at Veritone One, which is, I believe, Todd, maybe I'm, I, I, am I correct about this? They are the largest ad buying company in the podcasting space. You get in favor of Veritone One and uh, you're going to do well. But yeah. He tells you some do's and don'ts there mm-hmm. and some things that can get you uh, axed. I guess that's yeah. the better word. But growth, growth, growth. And uh, right. anyway, I'm Todd at Blueberry.com, Twitter at Geek News. Again, go over to NewMediaShow.com, get followers, subscribe to the show. I need to change that language on the website because we're not supposed to use subscribe anymore. So nope. follow. Uh, follow the podcast. And uh, we appreciate all of you to do. And those of you who hang out live with us, Smash thanks for that like button. Yes, indeed. Just, Smash just, it. And uh, recommend the show to your fellow it. podcasters. I know we picked up a number of people from uh, Podcast Movement, but if you're a podcaster and you want to help your fellow podcaster, you guys help us build the show. Word of mouth. Tell two of your friend, fellow podcasters to listen to the show. Tell them they get a PhD in podcasting. We need, Rob, I'll leave that up to you to get some certificates designed. Oh, okay. Yeah, leave that up to me. Yeah, absolutely. You're the creative guy. So we'll make, we'll leave that up to, or someone that's a fan of the show wants to make PhD certificates for us. Right. And we are the school of new media show. Um, Wow. Okay. That's now we're in direct competition with, uh, 
Jackson, no, no, he's a, he's a, he is the school of podcasting. We're the school of new media show, which is different. So, the school of new media. That's yeah, school should, of new right. media. There you go. So, because right. we right. school you. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next Wednesday, everyone. Take care. And if those of you listening to podcasts, well, we'll see you whenever you hit the play button. Right. Take care. Bye bye. Okay. Bye.